Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on tonight? Oh, come on. We can do better than that. I'm talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on tonight. Oh, that should make you hop up on your feet. Come on. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the reason why me and you are breathing and living this life. And while you're standing, go ahead. Take time and hug three people and be like, what's good? Just say what's good. If they don't know what that means, just ignore them. If they don't know what that means, just be like, mm, what he said. What's good? If they ask what that means, say, what's really good then? No, that means you want to fight. Chill. That means you want to fight. <laughs> you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It is always an honor to be able to speak in front of you. If you've never heard me speak before, or if you do not know who I am, my name is Isaiah Steele. Uh, I am a Steele, but I'm not the head man Steele, which is my father and my mother. If you love your pastors in this house, can we give them a hand praise on today? Oh, wow, that's awesome. How many of you know you need your pastors, amen? You need your pastor. Look at your neighbor and say, I need my pastor. No, you got to say pastor. I need my pastor. I'm born and raised here. I'm not country at all. I just like sounding country from time to time. It is all good in the hood. Uh, like I said, my name's Isaiah Steele. Um, I always have to give the pastor's honor what honors due. And of course, uh, not only they're my pastor, but they're my parents and my boss. The trifecta is what I like to call it. But every single day, they teach me different lessons on life and how to live and, and how to live more abundantly through Jesus Christ. And, and that's the most important thing, amen? To live abundantly, to know that, to, that from a young man told me I was called of God and I'm like, I don't want it, I don't need it, leave me alone. And for them to keep coming back and to keep on showing faith in me just speaks volumes. And now I'm starting to speak faith into your children, your teenagers upstairs up in Contagious because that is, I believe that this is a generation that God is calling, amen. And I feel like I hear every preacher say that since the beginning of time. But I believe that every generation has a purpose and has a divine appointment with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on earth. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we get going, a few more acknowledgments. I got to acknowledge my siblings. They're not here. Mariah is. Is Stella here? She's upstairs. Can we give a hand of praise for my siblings on today? I love them so much. Uh, not only are they my siblings, but two of them are my co-workers and the other two were trying to get saved. Amen. They're coming along. And the other one's headed to U of A, so we got to really get him saved. Before he go, I'm playing. He loves the Lord. We just won't show him this recording. I don't know yet. Okay, awesome. Uh, before we go any further, my wife is here. Oh, my Lord, my wife. Hallowed be thy name. She was supposed to be in class. She has class on Wednesday nights now. So this was going to be like my first sermon with me and her being together and she not be here. So I'm like, man, got to get things right. So I'm ending up, I'm running late. I'm putting lotions on the house. And I'm, I'm playing Todd Tribbett, and I realize, my God in heaven, it is 625, and we live in surprise. So I'm um, um, on the way here, broke some laws, but I repented. Everything is good with me and Jesus. And that is all that you need to know, but I love you so much. Thank you for surprising me. She surprised me. I walk in. She's like, hey. And I'm like, dude, you're going to get a B now because she gets straight A's all the time. But thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you know anything about me, uh, uh, I like to preach really, really fast. So it's 734. Uh, let's aim for 805, yeah? Is that cool? Let's aim for 805. Let's get you home, get you something to eat. Empire's not on no more, but uh, 
You can find, you can find something on TV. Some of y'all gonna go home and watch Empire anyway. It's weird, it's weird, it's all good. Uh, let's get right into the word. Uh, we're gonna go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, I'm gonna read from the message version. I like reading from the message version, dealing with teenagers, they gotta hear the word in uh, uh, 2016 language. Not too many vows and big words for them not to understand, and I like to read it because it just simplifies, and it's easier for me to understand, too. I ain't going to lie. It's all good. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. If you're there, say, yeah, yeah. If you're about to just read it off the screen, say, mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. That's a lot of, that's a lot of mm's. <laughs> Sound like a choir up in here. Well, okay. Luke 17, verse 11, and it says, It happened. That as he made his way towards Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, met him. Scary, they kept their distance but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Taking a good look at them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. They went and while still on their way became clean. One of them When he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God, he kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful he couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were there not ten healed? Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to them, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. The title of tonight's message is Ain't Too Proud to Praise. Ain't Too Proud to Praise. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for allowing your word to be living and breathing and still working in this day and age, oh God. And I thank you for every single person that is willing and obedient to come into your house, Lord, and to receive this word and that they may be able to implement it into their everyday life. And Lord Jesus, help Cam Newton pull it off on Sunday. In Jesus' name, what do we all say? Amen. Stop it. Stop it. We're in the house of the Lord. Um, Has anybody ever seen uh, God's goodness before? Has anybody ever experienced God's goodness before? Oh, someone's hype. That's what I'm, oh, come on. Has anybody ever experienced God's goodness before? Boy, I tell you, little examples of God's goodness to me is going to McDonald's and you get your sandwich and you get some fries and while you're eating and everything is going good, you might not be so satisfied, but if you happen to look in the bottom of the bag, there might be six, seven more fries left. That's a little bit of the goodness of God in me. That happened to me the other day. And I, you know, praise break, eat them. You know what I'm saying? And so I've been through that situation plenty of times. How many, how, how about this? Maybe it's just me. I hope not. How many of us are drivers in the room? Anybody know how to drive? They drove? That's what's up. When you're driving, I've realized I've been driving since I'm 16. I'm 23 now. I don't want to do the math because I'm not good. But look. It's like six years, yeah, whatever, seven, okay, we're not going to talk about it. Anyway, look, doesn't matter. As I've been a driver, I have realized some weird things happen on the road. And when weird things happen to you on the road, it makes you act out of character. How many of you have cussed at somebody before? Don't raise your hand. What are you doing? 
the cameras are rolling. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? No, I'm just kidding. It's all good. No, but seriously, I love when I'm driving, and there's always that driver who looks like they're in a hurry, and if I'm just chilling, and I'm just driving the speed limit, trying to obey the laws of the land, and that person comes up behind me, and they go over the side of me, I like to drive slow on purpose. <laughs> Tell them you better be still and know, you know what I'm saying? And so I like driving slow on purpose from time to time. And so I, I experienced this driving here tonight. And it was funny because I planned on talking about this anyway, and it happened to me tonight. This, this Acura thinks he's a Mustang, right? And he's just fume, fume, fume. And I see him coming, and I'm like, this dude, here he come. I'm going to slow up on him, right? So I'm, I'm slowing up on him. And so he gets behind me, goes to the side back over, gets to the side, and when I tell y'all, he caught the light and I didn't. I just stared at him as I rolled past, you know what I'm saying? Little things like that to me show how good God is because the first shall be last. And I almost ran into the camera. And the last shall be first, amen? Little things of God's goodness. See, what these lepers are, are, are what's happening to them is an experience of God's goodness. They have a need. They have a struggle. They have something on the inside of them that needs to be broken, and the Lord comes through. How many of us in the room, the Lord has came through for you one time or another, right? Now, I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen a leper before, but if you ever have a struggle with eating like I do, and you say you want to just stop it and make it happen or, and not let that rise up on the inside of you, Google images of leprosy. And then try to eat some spaghetti afterwards. Do that. Don't do it right now. Do it after church. But this is the struggle that they're going in. They're going through leprosy. It's a deformity. It's a bacteria that has attacked their skin. They are all disfigured. They look terrible. They look terrible. And they're asking God for, to, to be healed, and it happens. But there's, there's, this, there's a point in this story where everything flips, and it puts life in perspective for me and you. And so tonight what we're going to be talking about is, is, is the three lessons that we learn from the lepers. The three lessons that we learn from lepers. So really quick, number one, um, let's go back to Luke 17, verse 14, really quick. Luke 17, verse 14. It says, uh, this is after Jesus is walking up and he sees them. He says, it says, taking a good look at them, he said, when he says, he said, this is in red in my Bible, this is Jesus speaking. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priests. Now, I don't know about you. If you've ever had a struggle or a problem in your life, and let's say you're walking down the street one day, you're walking down 19th, and you say, Lord, I need an answer. I need a prayer. I need you to show up right now in my situation and make a change, Lord, right now. Come right now, Lord. And Jesus comes down. Bam! This is how I imagine him standing. He comes down. Boom! Jesus is right there. And you say, Jesus, I need help. I got depression problems. Or Jesus, I need help. I have lust issues. Or Jesus, I need help. I have oppression. Oh, Jesus, help. I have all kinds of struggles on the inside of me. Heal me. And imagine if Jesus said, go talk to Pastor Steele. What? You're Jesus. Pastor Steele is cool, but you're Jesus. Jesus, the one that all names do not mean nothing to your name, you're Jesus. This is what Jesus tells them. He tells them to go to your priest. Go to your priest and you'll be healed. Nowhere in the scripture does it say they ask any questions. 
Nowhere in the scripture do they hem, they're hemming and hawing and trying to figure out why they have to go to the priest when Jesus is right there. The Bible says they go. They go. The number one thing that the lepers have taught us is that you have to follow instructions in order to be delivered. You have to follow instructions. You have to be willing to be obedient to whatever the Lord is saying to you and make it happen. Even if sometimes it don't make sense. Even if sometimes you're like, Jesus, that sounds stupid. That doesn't make any sense. I don't even like her. Why do I have to go minister to her? I don't even like him. Why do I have to go minister to him? Lord, I don't even like really coming to church. Why do you have me here every single Sunday? It's all about following instructions and then in the, in the long run, experiencing that deliverance that you've been asking for. So speaking of following instructions, how many of you guys participated in the fast that we have? We have the fast every year. That's a lot of hands. Awesome. I love fasting. I just lied in church. Um, <laughs> fasting has been a struggle for me since I was a boy. <laughs> I remember they tried to make us fast when we was in like Sunday school, and I'd be sneaking Cheetos and all kinds of stuff in the back. Like these people tripping. It's a cult. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're younger, you don't, you don't really understand. And so... During this fast, I tell myself, man, we're going to fast. Let's make it happen. You're 23 now. You're a grown man. you got a wife. You got, the, the Lord is blessing you. As, as life is going on, let's fast. And so my fast is strong for the first two days. You know what I mean? It's strong. And then so we turn around. We have to go to Tampa for uh, my brother's All-American game. And so as we're going to Tampa, uh, I feel this unction in my spirit to eat. And I followed it. And so when I follow it, I indulge. So everything's extra mayo. Everything's extra ketchup, extra cheese. You know what I'm saying? Everything is everything. And so as I'm eating, I start having these experiences that I've never had before. And, and, and one night I'm eating, we go to the steakhouse. And the steakhouse is phenomenal. And I'm eating my steak. And it doesn't taste too good. Like, it's okay, but it's nothing spectacular. And then the next day, I have a burger from the hotel, and we order it, and mine is burnt, and the cheese is hard, and I'm like, what is going on, right? And so, uh, my dad ordered the same thing, and he's like, man, does your burger suck? I'm like, yes, it's terrible, right? And so, the next day, we go to Fridays, and this is at the airport. We're at the Fridays at the airport, and uh, I'm like, yo, let me get a burger. I got the, like, whiskey burger with, like, bacon and barbecue sauce, everything decked out. They bring me my burger, and my bread is hard. Am I lying? This is a true story. And I couldn't, I didn't have time to change my order because we had to catch the flight. And I'm not going to miss the flight over a burger. That doesn't make no sense. So I'm like, what in the world? So I'm hungry. So that same day, we go back, we land back in Arizona. Devin is like, babe, are you hungry? I'm like, yes, man. I ain't been able to eat a good meal in three days. I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? And so uh, she's like, well, let's order a pizza. I said, that's safe. Let's order a pizza. So we ordered Pizza Hut. Now, how many times has Pizza Hut failed you in this room? Never. <laughs> Never. And so we order the Pizza Hut. It gets there. I open it up. This thing is hard. It's cold. The cheese is not melted. It's been sitting around for hours. Am I lying? I tell the truth and shame the devil. And so... I take a bite, and I, I get through my first slice, and I'm like, this is terrible. And Devin's like, I was thinking the same thing. Should I call back? I said, call them back. We need a new pizza now. So she gets on the phone, and as she gets on the phone, I feel this unction in my spirit talking about, read your Bible. 
and when I hear the Lord, because I hear him, you know, once every three weeks, I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you got, <laughs> you got to make a move, you know what I mean? And because, I mean, I don't care how spiritual you, the Lord might talk to you every day, but he don't talk to me every day. But I'm telling you right now, when he said, get in your word, I go in the room, I grab my Bible, I sit down. And I've always done this since I was a kid. I said, Lord, whatever I'm about to open this Bible up to, let it be for me. Go with me to Jonah. We're going to go to Jonah 3, verse 7. This is what I open up the Bible to. Jonah 3, verse 7. Then he issued a public proclamation throughout Nineveh, authorized by him and his leaders, not one drop of water, not one bite of food, man or woman or animal, including your herds and flocks. I, I, I read this, and I go like, I, it scared me. It was almost like Jesus was like, yeah, fool, like right in front of me. <laughs> and not only is it the eating part that the Scripture says, but this is the story of Jonah, a man who didn't follow instructions. Oh, y'all not hearing me. Listen, this might be a testimony for me, but I called my dad, and we had a two-hour conversation about the Lord for, no, just for two hours. I'm like, Dad, we got to talk about Jesus right now. Right now, where you at? Where's mom? Put me on speaker. You know what I mean? And we just had a conversation, and the Lord is just speaking to me revelation after revelation. He gave me three messages in like 15 minutes to the point where I had to get my iPad out and record myself talking because I could not believe this move of the Holy Spirit that I was feeling. And so I look at that, and I look at the at, at the, whole, the whole situation, the food, the instructions and everything, but I believe that that was the Lord telling me inside of myself, there are some things that you need to break, there are some things that you need to check, and there's some things that you need to prevent the enemy from doing, and the one thing that you have to do is follow my instructions and fast. And fast. And so I go through this situation, and I start fasting, I'm praying, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've never... To this point, to today, I have never felt this close to God in my entire life. And I believe it's all because of them 21 days of, of really saying, Lord, I, I need you. Lord, I hear you. Lord, you make sense. And these lepers have literally had an experience with Jesus right in front of them and say, Lord, help us. And when they give them instructions, they go. Some of us in this room have issues with following instructions. Some of us in this room have struggled our entire life with following instructions. I dare you to follow some instructions from the Lord Jesus Christ above and see what he does for you in your life. See you get delivered. See you get put out of things. See you break generational curses that are on your life. Look at your neighbor and say, follow instructions. Look at the other one and say, you too, cuz. No gang-related stuff. Calm down. I meant like cousin, chill, everybody chill. So that's number one. We got to follow instructions. Number two, he's going to answer your call. He's going to answer your call. We're going to go here. Uh, uh, 1 John 5, 14. 1 John 5, 14. And it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. I'm sorry, I'm reading in the NIV. This is the confidence we have approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, look at your neighbor say his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Peep this. 
Devin and I just purchased our first home, okay? Just purchased our first home. We've been, been in the apartment life for, for a year and some change, and your boy is done with it. And I, I remember praying, saying, Lord, I need, I need to find a way to get a house. We need to make things happen. He makes that happen for me. And so when we find out we have a house, me and Devin are excited because now it's time to shop. We got to find stuff. What colors are we doing? You know what I mean? I like being involved in things because, like, I, I, I grew up with my dad, and my dad walked in the room and would walk past a new lamp, a new paint on the wall, and just sit down and eat. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but I told myself, hey, man, I got a little decor on the inside. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I can dress myself. I can dress the house. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> so when we start coming to pick things, me and Devin are at the store, and I'm like, yo, babe, that purple chair would go fresh in the living room. She's like, ew. I'm like, whatever. And then so we go somewhere else. Oh, man, babe, this couch is comfortable. Sit on it. And I'm bouncing on the couch. And she's like, I don't know. I think it's too soft. Let's keep going. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. You know, I'm understanding. Compromise, compromise. Things you learn as you're married. And as time goes on, you know, we're starting to find more things. And, and, and she's picking everything. I like this to you. I'm like, yeah. Because I'm thinking every time I say yeah, I'm going to get a yeah in return. You know what I mean? I like that. That. That green fleece is nice. We should put it right on the couch. That's clean. And so in everything I see, Dev's not feeling. So we get to this point where we're at the store, and I'm getting frustrated because everything we pick, she likes. And we're at, the, we're at this couch store, and she, we picked the couch. We finally agreed on the couch. We said, we're cool. I'm cool with the couch. And so as we're walking through the place, I'm like, okay, it's my turn to pick something. So now I'm on the power trip. Like, I'm the man. I got to take something home with me, right? And so if you know me, I've been a USC fan my entire life, since I was probably like five, six, which is like my entire life, when you can start remembering things, right? And so I became a USC fan, and the big USC motto is this right here, these two fingers. That means fight on, okay? These two fingers right here means fight on. So every USC game I've ever been to, I'm walking around like this, and I'm excited. And so long behold, I'm walking through the aisle, and there is a two-foot statue of a hand like this. So I'm like, Dev, in my head, I'm like, this is the Lord. <laughs> this is obviously Jesus himself saying, you better stand ground and be a good fan, right? And so I see the statue, and it's about, you know, two feet high, and I'm like, this is cool. In my head, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to drizzle it with USC's colors. That's going to be fresh, right? And so now I'm like, I'm just going to grab it. And so I'm like, I got to pitch it to my wife because as I'm learning, there's certain ways you got to pitch things to your wife for her to be like, oh, that's cool, that works, let's make it happen. Because you can't just walk up to her like, I'm going to buy these fangers, okay, and walk and pay for it. That don't make sense. So in my head, I'm like, all right, let's make it happen. So as she's coming, I see the fingers, and I grab it, and I'm like, hey, fight on. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing with that? Why, why do you have that? And I'm like, yo, we can put, we put this in the house. Like, that's fresh. She's like, no, that's stupid. And so I'm like, well, all right. So I put my fingers down, and, and I go home. And have you ever been, have you ever went, you ever got home from the store and been like, man, I should have got that. And then your mind goes to what's it doing right now. So in my head, my poor fingers are sitting on the shelf. They're closing down. Dust is just falling on it, and it's wondering, who's ever going to buy me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is in my head. I'm feeling bad for my fingers. I'm like, those are supposed to be mine. It was supposed to be in my house. And so 
I'm angry now. I'm salty. It's all get out. Two days goes by. I'm still hurt, you know? I ain't been back to the store because now I'm trying to prove a point. Like, you ever be salty and want her to know you salty or him to know that you salty? So I didn't even mention it. I was just in my head just mad for no reason, just mad. Not for a reason, but mad. And so uh, three days goes by, and I'm starting to get over it. But in my back of my mind, I'm like, that's so messed up. How dare she not let me get my fangers, you know? So I get home one day, and I sit on the couch, and I notice, like, there's a package on the counter. So I look. And through the bag, I can see the fingers, right? (laughs) Through the bag, I see the fingers. But I'm so salty still. I'm like, hmm, that's right. I'm on the couch changing the channels. And so I get up, and I'm like, well, let me really check if it is the fingers. So I run over all happy, take it off. I'm like, oh, it is, right? And I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. And I'm like, man, this is cool. And now I hear the keys start coming in the door. And I'm like, I can't let her know she made me happy. So I run back to the couch. I run back to the couch, back on the TV. You know what I mean? And so I get back on the TV. And uh, she's like talking to me. And I know she saw that I seen the fingers, right? And she comes in. She's like, yeah, so how was your day? And I'm like, it was great. Everything's good. She's like, yeah, did you see what I got you? And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> In a salty way. And I didn't, I didn't tell her really thank you till later. And I was like, babe, that means a lot. But at that point in time, I, 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 I learned a lesson in life. I learned a lesson in life. Sometimes because you don't get something on your timing doesn't mean you'll never get it at all. That, t- that, that, that right there taught me something that I will instill in not only my life, but my children's life. Little things like that that the Lord shows you helps you begin to break generation, generational curses of ungratefulness. Does that make sense? And so I, I, I had to check myself and not only say sorry to Devin, but repent to the Lord because, like, delay does not mean denied. And I forgot that. I forgot that. And so these lepers, knowing that Jesus is coming to heal them, knowing that it's going to happen, had faith enough to say, Lord, Lord, we need you. Jesus, we need you. And then he delivers. How many times has God delivered on our behalf? How many times, over and over again, how many times has he delivered on our behalf and you know you didn't deserve it? You know you didn't deserve that promotion. You know you didn't deserve that husband or wife. You know you didn't deserve them kids. You know you didn't deserve that house. But the Lord is that good that he still delivers. Come on, how many of us know that Jesus is in the delivering business, amen? He delivers. He delivers. I had this instance where uh, up up in Contagious a few years ago, I had this girl come to me, and she's like, Zay, I really need to find my husband. And I'm like, well, how old are you? I'm 15. Okay, let's talk about it. What's going on? And so she's like, I need a husband, but nothing makes sense right now, and I can't find any man that meets my requirements. And I said, well, (laughs) this is a 15-year-old girl. I'm like, so what are your requirements, you know? I'm being silly, just egging her on, trying to hear what she's got to say. Well, he's got to be 6'5". He's got to have abs, good hair, good chin. He got to be strong. He got to have good credit. I'm like, what do you know about credit? 
So she keeps going. He needs this. He needs that. And, and he needs to have money and da 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 And so right as she's talking to me, everything that I'm seeing, I'm seeing her mouth move, but everything becomes silent. And the Lord begins to speak to me. So I stop her. I stop her. And this is crazy. This is not Isaiah. This is the Lord. This thing comes over me. And I say, hold on. Why are you looking for a man in the stature of Goliath and you're walking past David's? You're looking for a big man. You're looking for a strong man. You're looking for a man with money. But you're walking past people with David's heart. See, even though David was crazy, the Bible still said he was the apple of his eye. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a man after God's own heart. But how many of us in this room have done that before? We look for the appearance, but we refuse or we're scared or we're, we're reluctant to look on the inside of somebody. To look on the inside of a person. And that doesn't just go relationally, but I'm talking about friendships as well. How many of us have friends in this room that are cool, have swag, and, and y'all get along, but you know they ain't right? You know the, the way that they're living ain't right, and every time you try to correct them or talk to them about it, they get angry. I believe that is the first sign of you starting to step away and let that be. Because understand this, whoever you associate yourself with, that's who you are. That's exactly who you are. And so we have to understand that we serve a God that doesn't want us to be running around in these crazy circles and running around these crazy relationships looking for something on the outside. I don't even know why I'm really going here. Looking for something on the outside when God has something on the inside. Because God, if you feel that thing burning on the inside of you, I believe that there is someone else, there's another friend down the road that has that same thing burning. And when y'all get together, it's, it's, it's dangerous for the enemy. It's dangerous for the enemy. He will answer your call. Look at your neighbor and say, he always answers. He always answers. He always answers. So that's number one. We've got to follow his instructions. Number two, he'll always answer the call. Number three, we we are required to give praise after the pressure has subsided. It's easy to praise and worship God during the storm. But what are you going to do in the calm of it? Are you still praising? Are you still worshiping? Or are you just cool because you made it? Too many of us believers... I'm not talking about the people outside these walls that don't really love Jesus. I'm talking about people in this room. A lot of us really have this thing and this passion for Jesus when we're going through something. When life is hard, when things aren't hitting on all cylinders, all of a sudden we're crying out for Jesus. We're fasting. We're praying. You're praying until snot's coming out your nose and you're crying and, and, and you want to see this deliverance and you want to see things happen. But as soon as God makes it happen, it's like cool. And we walk off. And then when the next storm hits, you're right back at his feet. Lord Jesus, I need help again. See, let's go back to the scripture. Luke 17, 17 now. Verse 17. It says, Jesus said, we're not ten healed. Where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to your God except for this outsider? Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed you, and you're saved. Theologians believe out of the ten. This is why he's saying, this, they, they mentioned in, earlier in the scripture that, talking about the Samaritan and, and saying that he's a stranger. Because theologians believe out of the ten, the nine that did not come back were Jews. And so was Jesus. The ones that are familiar with him. Never allow your familiarity with God's presence 
to cloud your praise. And the reason, and the reason why I say that in, in, this, in this particular service, this Wednesday night, most of the people who come on Wednesday nights really love the Lord. I'm not saying the people who on Sundays don't, but y'all really love the Lord. Y'all really are hungry and want the word of God. And when you really are hungry and you want the word of God, he's going to come in your life. He's going to make things happen. You're going to get familiar with it. So as time goes on, it can end up being poison. When God is showing up in your life so much and you're skipping and you're hollering after he does that for so many years, you just expect good things to happen and you don't even praise. Good things start happening and we just, all right, cool. And keep it walking. Keep, keep, it, keep it moving as if, as if God didn't have his hand in, in that deliverance in your life and in that situation in, in your life. So God heals these men. They run off. One comes back falls on his face and starts praying and, 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 and thanking the Lord. And the other nine go about their day. Cool, Jesus came through. Let's, let's head to the club. We look good now. You know what I'm saying? That's basically what's happening here. And so this, this all brings me back to this point where in my life, uh, growing up did not have it like well at all. Um, not saying it was super crazy, but it was crazy. Uh, we went through stages of just having potatoes. We went through stages of Top Ramen was the meal for the week. And we went through stages of change hunts to, to get groceries. Like this was, this was a, a, a time in our life. And I remember being seven, eight years old, crying out to the Lord. Crying out, literally crying at seven or eight because I knew Jesus. I, I was born and raised in the church. And I knew if I tapped in that he could change my situation. At seven, eight, I'm crying, I'm praying, and I'm, Lord, get us out of this. To the point where my, my, my father mentioned this on, on Sunday a little bit in second service. But one night, I'm laying in the bed, and I feel something crawl over me. And when I felt it crawl, I knew exactly what it was. I said, oh, Lord, it's, it's, the, it's the hood roaches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Crawls across me. I lift up my sheets, and there's three. To this day, I still envision it in my head. There's three, and they run down my bed. And... Initially, I'm scared. And so my, my first thing was, I got to go tell dad so he can get the raid, spray this thing, because the roach demons are back. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I get up, and uh, I go to the kitchen. And I still remember this to this day. I go to the kitchen, and as I'm about to go complain and tell him about these roaches in my room, I see my dad mopping, speaking in tongues. And his back is towards me, and I see him. And I know right away what speaking in tongues is, because I, I grew up in, in the Baptist church, so I know exactly what's going on. And I see him speaking in tongues, and he's mopping the floor. And at eight, seven, eight years old, I remember being like, we're going back to the room. And I remember going back in the room, and I remember I started praying as well. I started praying as well. And it wasn't just because I didn't want to bother him with that, but I knew what the Bible said, when there's two or three, there I am in the midst. And if that's one, I'm two. Oh, come on now. Y'all ain't hearing me. Y'all ain't hearing me. So I go to my room. I pray. So that's a storm in my life. You fast forward 20, uh, not 20 years, 15 years later to me now. And I'm at a point in my life where it is smooth cruising. I ain't got no kids running around out there I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag child support. 
not me. I, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have all kinds of different struggles and temptations on me like I used to. I, I ended up getting married earlier than all my friends. Just purchased my first home. Got a cool car. Got a cool family. Got a cool church to come to. Got a cool God I can praise. Got a cool God I can praise. But, but that's not the point. The point is this. I have not lost my praise. I have not lost my praise. And that should be encouragement for you. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe there's something in your life right now that you need healed and you need severed in your life. Maybe that's you in this room. Or maybe right now you don't have too much craziness going on. Everything is smooth cruising. Regardless of what season you're going through in life, it is important that we make sure that we continue to raise our praise in our situations, in our situations. Because I believe, I know, I know, I know as life goes on, storms are going to come. But in my smooth cruising, I'm believing that my praise now will help me then. My praise now will help me in those future storms. Because we serve a God that's got our back that much. And it's, 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 it's saddening to me that you have these men, and I'm, I'm closing, I'm done. You have these, these nine men who get healed of Jesus and run off. And how many of us in this room have been that person? I'm guilty as well. Where the Lord has done some things in my life, and I'm like, cool. And I move on. But it's really, really important, people, that we be that one that comes back and says, Lord, I need you. Some of us in this room have to cut some people off because you're running with those nine. And maybe you're afraid to be that one. I'm telling you tonight, have the courage, have the obedience to follow Jesus. And not only to follow him, but to praise him in your pain and to praise him in your praise. And in the, in the best times of your life. Because we serve a God that will never leave a store forsaken. If you believe in that word on tonight, can we give God a hand? Praise. With everyone standing around the room.